Y'all ever get so fed up that you literally are just like, you know what? This is it. I'm so fucking mad. And you can't even express your feelings properly. A lot of people think that with me specifically, when I do that, I'm just angry. But it's really because when I do express my feelings, it never comes out right. I'm too aggressive. I'm angry. I'm all of these things. But what they don't understand is that the way I was raised was to hold my feelings in, was to be tough, was to not cry. And it's crazy because even the world that I wake up in, where I pay my taxes, the air that I breathe, the people that occupy this world with me, they'll tell me, yeah, listen to that that female. Wipe her tears when she cries. But when the man go through something, they have to hide. They have to cry in the shower or they have to cry in the closet. Masculine individuals fall in between those two very extreme norms. We literally have no place to take our feelings. So yeah, I'm in my feelings because we have no place to put them. No place for them to just be. People, good people. What's going on with y'all? I hope that you all have had a good week so far. Please be sure to follow us on your socials, your Twitter, your Instagram at Upright with Eve. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to Upright with Eve, the podcast. When you subscribe, you are ensuring that any new episode you do not miss. Uh, We are going to continue to normalize the presence, the beauty, and the wholeness, the masculine, female, mind, and heart, because that's the essence of who I am. So let's get into the show here. Um, I definitely gave y'all an earful with that intro, but the reality of it is, is that I have conformed to the hyper-masculine expectations of society. And of course, I did not do that um, on purpose. I basically was just, I mean, going with the the path of least resistance, really. A lot of people don't know really what to think when they hear the word hypermasculine. Um, in short, it is a term um, for the exaggeration of male stereotypical behavior. So whether you're emphasizing physical strength, sexuality, or aggression, it relates to rigid gender expectations and the ways boys are taught to be men. Now, a lot of people will hear this definition and they will say, well, where do females fit in? Where do masculine females fit in? And I am going to connect the dots here for you all today, um, mainly because I find that it's something that a lot of people are not talking enough about. I posted a photo of five-year-old Eve um, in a in a crap stoop. You know, when you shoot craps, you gambling on the corner, on the alleyway. I posted a photo of me at five years old in a crap stoop. And that moment, I remember having so many different definitions, visual um, definitions and visual learned behaviors 
of what a man did, how a man provided, how a boy acted, that that young, I understood the line of masculine and feminine and also soft and tough. So that for me um, is enough to talk about it because those things that shape us when we are young, we carry those things throughout life. And while people may not know it or notice because society around us goes with that behavior, it actually is a hindrance to us, whether it's in our relationships with our spouses, whether it shows up in our relationships with our children as parents. It shows up, and I find that hypermasculinity in the masculine female uh, lifestyle world lesbian uh, world in general is something that is not talked about enough when it comes to aggressive um, lesbians, studs, butches, however you want to call it. It is something that, of course, it it affects men because we hear about men holding in their emotions. You hear, you know, people talking to a two-year-old telling him not to cry, you know, be a man, boys don't cry. Things that, to me, are really archaic in a way. So I just wanted to be in my masculine feelings for a minute. I have always thought that feelings were important. Um, I think mainly because at times as a child, when I would go to express mine, I felt good and I felt loved. I have memories of of feeling loved if I liked something and I showed that I liked something or feeling respected or appreciated. Of course, I didn't know that's what, you know, those feelings were then. But being able to think about it now, those feelings were feelings of validation, of appreciation, of being an individual, right? Now, to me, after about like age seven, I remember being treated differently when I became emotional or when I became sad. While the girls around me were being coddled and were being padded up, I was being told, like, don't cry. You know, I was being told things that the boys around me were being told. Um, And then, like, girl cousins and friends would be able to actually be in their emotions and have their attitudes. And I would be the one that was sort of, like, being talked to, um, de-escalated, if you will, when I would express my feelings. This gave me a front row seat to the silent party. Like, I have vivid memories of my mom's girlfriends. They would hang out or come to the house. And they would always say, oh, my gosh, she is so quiet. She usually is running around chasing after the boys around here. Like, literally, I had begun internalizing so young because if I liked something, it didn't matter. If I disliked something, I was complaining, I was whining. It was so many different things. And I find that since I was rougher, since I was tougher as a child, and I was, it was very visually apparent, um, since I was those things as a child, society met me very young with those hyper-masculine ways. So they became formed into and ingrained into the way that I live my life. If I hurt myself, don't cry. 
It would be times where me and my cousin Kiera would be riding our bikes and I would skin my fucking leg or skin my knee or scrape something. And usually it's always, well, let's run inside or let me run and get somebody because I would always get somebody for her. But it became apparent that that was different when it came to me. I never wanted her to go tell anybody. I never wanted to be the center of attention because I noticed very early that that treatment was different. So then it became me being a problem to those that I was around because, oh, well, if you want to run and jump and do this with the boys, then you can't be running around here crying when you hurt yourself. And it's just like, what? Like, I'm so confused. First of all, why were boys even having that put on them? So young, like so young. I remember literally like getting ass whippings and then like it would be like, oh, like I'm going to give you something to cry about or, oh, you know, just tell me what's wrong. You can tell me if I hurt your feelings. And then when I would say something, I would get scolded and get in trouble for that shit. So it became an internalizing thing. I mean, internalizing is a bad mother. Shut your mouth, whichever way you cut it. But it was made clear very early on that if this is who I'm going to be, and this is me as a fucking kid, y'all. If this is who you're going to be, you can't be running around crying, whining. You got to be tough. Suck it up. I was told suck it up a lot as a little girl. Oh, my gosh. And it would just make me cry even more like... I used to do this blink thing, right, where I would just not blink, like just hold my eyes open, blink once and then hold them open and I would count in my head so that I wouldn't drop tears because I really found that more than anything else, the cup really was running over. The cup really was running over with all of those feelings that were going unnoticed, going uncared about. Nobody had time. Nobody had the space or the capacity to deal with what I felt, to accept or hear what I felt. It's a crazy thing being a kid going through teenagehood with these sorrows, really. Don't worry, though. I've turned them into strengths. Don't worry. And a lot of people will hear that and be like, oh, well, everybody went through not having a place to turn. Everybody went through not having nowhere to go. But eventually they actually did have a place to turn. Eventually they did have somewhere to go. Here I am at 28 years old and I can think back to being eight years old, not understanding why when I expressed myself or said my feelings are hurt or I'm sad or I'm mad, why it wasn't accepted for that. Why was I told that I was supposed to be or react or stand in a light of someone else's opinion? For example, of course, I'm a lesbian. I've been in same-sex relationships, relationships with women who were all feminine women. I could complain in a specific relationship I was in. I could say, I really don't like this, or I think that this food is gross, or just something very simple. And I would be labeled as nagging. You're nagging. You're complaining. You're whining. Like, and it's like, okay, well, wait. Because if a masculine presenting, you know, individual, you know, because in that relationship is like, you know, that's my man. Like, if a masculine presenting individual like myself ever called a feminine woman a nagging, complaining female, 
I would have all of the women down my throat because that's something that you just don't do. But because I'm masculine, it was something that did not apply. Like I'm nagging, I'm complaining. I'm just specifically stating something that I don't like. That is a a right of my own. Whether they want to hear it or not, whether they like it or not, the reality of it is, is that I have that right to feel that way. And because of the hyper masculine world that we live in, the people that I have been with will tell me, no, you're not like you dress like a man. You walk like a man. You sound like a man. You lay it down like a man, like all of those things. So you should not be complaining. You should not be nagging because nagging is something that a woman does. A feminine woman does. It's just so crazy. Like, it's so crazy how these things will divide us from healthy habits. These stigmas will divide us from healthy habits. So then we end up holding things in. We can't go to talk to our spouse. We don't want to go to a therapist because society says not only black people, but also men, masculine presenting individuals, should know how to deal with stuff without needing anyone's help, should know how to carry the world on their shoulders without having to say, I'm tired. Like, we legit get tired, too. We get fed up of the shit, too. But because of being so pre-programmed and it's such a cyclic occasion, we have to continue to put one foot in front of the other, being frustrated, being angry, being sad, being mad. How many times have I cried in the fucking shower because the environment that I was in told me that it wasn't okay to cry in public, that it wasn't okay to cry in the bedroom that I was actually in? How many fucking times that it was weak, that it was something that I shouldn't have even been getting upset or uptight about? That is the world that we live in. And a lot of people want it to be an isolated thing of, oh, well, those are the people that you're hanging around. When in actuality, no, it is the world that is programmed. And we are now trying to correct. A lot of people are waking up. We're trying to correct these things so that the generations that come behind us don't continue to make these same mistakes, hit the same speed bumps that we hit, and then be labeled too aggressive, too nagging, too complaining, whiny, soft, too tough, too rough, all of those things. But it is a societal thing. Like I was on Twitter earlier today and I sort of had a few people inbox me. A couple of people were in my mentions, but but two people inboxed me and they were just like, well, I don't really think that this is something that everybody feels is a problem. And it's just like, okay, like I understand, like I'm not saying that everybody has to feel that it is a problem, but it is a problem because I've been in Walmart seeing a, a baby, two, three years old, a boy crying and having his mother pop him on the hand telling him, stop crying, you're a boy. That shit is absolutely insane to me. And that just continues to cycle. So when he grows up and he has to actually feel emotion and he actually has to cry, he is going to remember that. It leaves an impression. It literally leaves an impression. It left an impression in me to where I can't count on my hands the number of times that I've cried in a room with other people. Can't count the number of times. Like, literally. Because I was programmed to think 
that being a masculine presenting individual, my family, a lot of them did treat me like a little boy. Fine. But being a masculine presenting individual, it was not accepted. You either got to be tough and rough or you're soft. Period. Like, that's it. You either have to play football with the boys in the street or dolls with the girls in the basement. Well, if you don't play dolls with the girls in the basement, you have to go outside and play with the boys. And it's just like, wait, what? Uh, what if I just want to play with my puzzle? Like, y'all doing way too much. But literally, that is the world that we live in. It's a lot of double standards in same-sex female relationships because it's almost like, well, she can complain when she doesn't like something, but me being masculine, I can't complain when I don't. Or she can have a entire meltdown because she had a rough week, work didn't go right, the kids are stressing you out, everybody is crawling up your back because they want something. But when I have a meltdown, like, it's almost like, oh my gosh, like, are you okay? Because we don't really have time for you to be having a meltdown. We don't have time for you to be falling apart. Like, I've literally been in that situation. I've been told, what do I do or who do I go to if you can't be strong for the both of us? If you have a weak moment, what do I do? And it's just like, like, motherfucker, you fucking support me, give me a tissue and pat me on the back. That's it. I don't need a whole lot. Like, But then as the masculine person in that relationship, you then become the target in the group text. Girl, you're not going to believe he whatever pronoun, he had a meltdown today and I actually had to be there for him. Like, I don't even know. I've never seen this side of him. I didn't even know what to do. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, I'm just very confused as to how we're confused on how to support someone when they are having an emotional struggle. So because of the way I wear my jeans and the way I cut my hair you rather treat me foreign based off of the programming that you have instead of just remembering that I'm human. Like, we go through this shit. I do want to let y'all know, though, that you're not alone. You're not alone in your work relationships, in your personal relationships, in your relationship with your children, the way we're tried in public. Like, you are not alone. I do, however, believe that the change will come from recreating and re-educating the norm. It's like, okay, we obviously know that telling our little boy when he's crying to suck it up and stop crying is not okay. If he's actually hurt, let him be hurt. Let him feel his feelings because he's not going to be able to show up when he has a son to say, hey, dude, it's all right to cry. Don't hold that shit in because it's unhealthy. You know what I'm saying? I believe that recreating and re-educating when we already know that we're doing something that is not okay mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically sometimes too. Like, it's not okay to hold it in. We have to understand that we are all human before we are anything else. And for me, it was really difficult to understand that a lot of the tools that the people that brought me up had were not the right ones. They were They were programmed too. They were literally programmed by society. It is a thing and it is generational until we actually stand up to say, you know what, I want to understand the importance of my feelings. You have to have an affirming mindset, begin to establish certain beliefs, 
What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about your feelings? What do you believe about your children's feelings, your spouse's feelings? When we're actually able to spell out, to write out, to actually have these things tangibly right in front of us, I choose to write them down. It actually makes learning new ways a lot better and it begins to feel good. Trying new things, acknowledging life within us, resetting our feelings like I Trust me, y'all. Y'all already know what my self-image journey has looked like. A lot of things have been a struggle for me, but what I do understand is that I'm a human. It's okay to feel. The things that happens with the chemistry of our body, feelings, tears, anger, sadness, depression, those are normal things. They really, really are. Society wants us to give into what we see in the movies because that keeps us being a consumer. It wants us to give into the things that we see on our phone when we scroll because that keeps us scrolling. It keeps us glued to these devices. But in all actuality, when we take away all of those things, we would really just be in the way that we feel because we would have never seen anything different. But when we continue to see these things over and over and over, our kids are looking at things that will tell them, oh, that's not right. Just like that good hair, bad hair that Chris Rock did back in the day. It showed that the black girl's hair wasn't right and the white girl's hair was right. That shit is programming. It's the exact same thing. But we have to understand that evicting what doesn't serve us will save us. When we are able to dispel society's misconceptions, we will literally become free. I am learning that I am able to free myself from the things that society has put on me and also from the ways that I have been brought up. I used to say, oh, no, like, I'm just grateful for this and I'm grateful for that. It doesn't make me any less grateful if I choose to take pieces of that story out to hug that little kid that didn't understand. It doesn't make my story any less valid. It doesn't make the people around me monsters because they were working with what they had. But now that I am able to understand that these things that we see are false to keep us giving into the man-made creations around us, it's just like, hey, I'm going to create my own way. I'm going to understand that I have the most potential to create new habits, to set a new example for my children, to be better in my workplace based off of how I show up as a person, as an individual. Like, man, it's been so many times where I have been so fucking fed up and I had no place to put that. I had no place to fucking take it. All the days I cried in my car because I didn't want to be a burden to my spouse. All the days I cried in my shower because I had already been told that certain ways and certain things that I actually expressed wasn't the right way based off of what they believed. Based off of so many other people, my upbringing, my friends, my circles, my like so many people telling me, nah, man, like you being too fucking soft about that shit. You should just go ahead and say fuck that shit. And it's just like, and that's why y'all are toxic as hell. Drinking and smoking and polluting your lives and your bodies. Because instead of actually saying, you know what? This doesn't even feel good. Stuffing shit doesn't even feel good. And it's like a lot of people will complain about the very things that happened to them as a child. But we never seek 
what we need to do growing older to get out from under that. I know for me, I have had to crawl out from under a lot of fucking rubble. And what I'm actually understanding now is that I have the ability to say yes to everything that I want and everything that I desire. But it does take rewiring. It literally takes rewiring. Yeah, I be in my feelings about shit. Yeah, I be mad about shit. Now do I hold it in? No. I've mastered trying to be the best communicator every single time I open my mouth. And when I'm not, I have to say, you know what? If this is stressing me out to the point where I'm cussing and yelling and huffing and puffing, I'm going to put it to the side because it's actually not worth my time. There are a lot of things that we also have to understand is not even worth our feelings. And that's the that's the like that's the the God's honest truth, young. Like that's like the rock gut truth. It's like, no, this is not even worth my feelings. Yeah, it may hurt when I have to let it go. Yeah, it may hurt when I have to walk away. But am I continuing to damage myself by internalizing, by not being able to show up, not being able to be powerful for an image? No, I'm not. I'm going to show up, be completely me. Tell people what I think, who I am, and what I feel. Because that is my right. Man, look, y'all know I love y'all. Tell me how y'all feel. What type of things have y'all experienced based off of how you look, based off of what society says you should or should not be? I love y'all. Please rate, subscribe, review. Hit me up on my Instagram. Send me a message. Drop me a line, 202 seven eight zero nine nine five three i'm always here until next time peace